Chapter Thirty Five of Hallworths. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Hallworths by Francis Hartson Burnett. Chapter Thirty Five. I'm not ready for it yet in expectation of something very serious happening the constabulary reinforced itself the day following and assumed a more imposing aspect and was prepared to be very severe indeed upon all shortcomings or symptoms of approaching disorder but somewhat to its private disappointment an unlooked-for quiet prevailed an almost suspicious quiet indeed there were rumors that a secret meeting had been held by the strikers the night before and the result of it was that in the morning there appeared to have been a sudden dispersing and only those remained behind who were unavoidably detained by the rather unfortunate circumstance of having before them the prospect of spending a few weeks in the comparative retirement of the county jail these gentlemen peremptorily refused to give any definite explanation of their eccentricities of conduct of the night before and were altogether very unsatisfactory indeed one of them even going so far under the influence of temporary excitement as to be guilty of the indiscretion of announcing his intention of doing for one or two enemies of his cause when his term expired on account of which amiable statement three months were added to said term upon the spot it was janey brierly who gave murdoch his warning upon the night of the riot just before he left the works she had come into the yard saying she had a message for hallworth and on being told that he was away had asked for murdoch he'll do if i cannot see the master she remarked but when she reached Murdoch's room, she stepped across the threshold and shut the door cautiously. Can anybody hear? she demanded, with an uneasy glance round. No, he answered. Then cut thy stick as fast as the can and get thee home and hide away that thing thou'rt making. The strikers is after it. Never mind how I fun out. Cut and run i axed for hallworth to throw him off the scent i knowed he were not here hasty her manifest alarm convinced him that there was foundation enough for her errand and that she had run some risk in venturing it thank you he said you may have saved me a great deal let us go out quietly as if nothing was in hand come along and so they went he talking aloud as they passed through the gates and as it was already dusk he was out on the broxton road in less than half an hour and when he returned the mob had been to his mother's house and broken a few windows in their rage at his having escaped them and had gone off shouting that they would go to french's he'll be fun there someone said possibly the cynic the young woman is a sweetheart of his and you'll be like to hear o the cat where the cream stuns his mother met him on the threshold with the news of the outbreak and the direction it had taken a few brief sentences told him all and at the end of them he left the house at once i'm going there to show myself to them he said 
they will not return here you're safe enough now the worst is over here but there is no knowing what they may do there when they find themselves baffled it was after midnight when he came back and then it was christian who opened the door for him he came into the little dark passage with a slow unsteady step for a second he did not seem to see her at all his face was white his eyes were shining and his brow was slightly knit in lines which might have meant intense pain are you hurt she asked it was as if her voice wakened him from a trance he looked at her for the first time hurt he echoed no not hurt he went into the sitting-room and she followed him the narrow horsehair sofa upon which his father had lain so often stood in its old place he threw himself full length upon it and lay looking straight before him are you are you sure you're not hurt she faltered he echoed her words again am i sure i'm not hurt he repeated dreamily yes i'm sure of it and then he turned slightly toward her and she saw that the look his face wore was not one of pain but of strange rapture i am not hurt he said quite slowly i am madly happy then she understood she was as ignorant of many things as she was bitterly wise in others but she had not been blind and she understood quite clearly she sat down upon a low seat from which she could see him her hands clasped on her knee i knew she said at last that it would come some day i knew that it would did you he answered in the same dreamy way i did not i did not even hope for it i do not comprehend it even now i do she returned quite well he scarcely seemed to hear her i hoped for nothing he said and now i am madly happy there was nothing more for her to say she had a fancy that perhaps in the morning he would have forgotten that he had spoken it seemed as if even yet he was hardly conscious of her presence but before she went away she asked him a question where did you put the model he gave a feverish start where and falling back into his previous manner i took it to the chapel yard i knew they would not go there there was space enough behind the the headstone and the old wall for it to stand and the grass grew long and thick i left it there it was a safe place she answered when shall you bring it back he sighed impatiently not yet he said not just yet let it stay there a while i am not ready for it let it stay end of chapter 35 recording by john brandon